The Syndulla Polycule is quite literally everything to me. Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to another week of chaos. My name is Ollie. My pronouns are they, them. My social media is at Ollie Fresh with a PH on most platforms. And my gender this week is Eleni Syndulla's cone earrings. I'm obsessed with them. I I don't know why I've never thought about how Twilux wear jewelry before until right now, but now it's all I can think about. It took me a hot second to realize what the hell you were talking about. And I was like, did she have conical earrings on? Because I don't remember. No, because <laughs> no, it's her. Yeah, Twi'lek women, like, they got the cone, like, ears. It's not regular ears. They truly just made her the most beautiful person of all time. I'm obsessed with her. I think about her all day. I've been thinking about her continuously since the episode. Like, I just, she is everything to me. I completely agree. I also really appreciate the fact that, like, they're not hypersexualizing the Twi'leks because in the movies, holy shit, there's one Twi'lek who just, like, basically has her titties out in Revenge of the Sith, and it's always rubbed me the wrong way. My name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. Um, my gender this week is Hunter reading the lesbian master doc. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on TikTok at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is Captain Hauser's government assigned boyfriend. I do almost keep saying Bowser whenever I talk about him. And I'm like, please don't think I want to fuck that lizard from Mario. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on most social media at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is C110P, aka Chopper, as himself. I, when I saw Chopper in this episode, I literally imploded. Like, it, it he looks so insane. good. I don't care about any of the character models. He looks so nice this episode. That's I just, what, yeah. Just like Ollie pointing out in the, the credits that he didn't even have him listed as like Dave Filoni or anything, because Dave Filoni does voice Chopper, but just Chopper as himself made me feel insane it should have said um uh trapper wolf as chopper not trapper Trapper wolf Wolf. damn it i should have made my gender black series trapper wolf fuck fuck out of here no we have to protect all our listeners from trapper wolf that is true i'm so sorry hi i'm claudia um she her you can find me on social media at Kaludia says k-a-l-u-d-i-a says um my gender of the week is the star wars little einstein's class of 19 bby which is the uh, <laughs> which is that now because we had our um epic uh children interacting but also during a weapons deal moment in this episode um i I have been adding to a list of characters who are all around the same age, around 19 BBY, and it makes me insane. Um, so now that's Hera, Omega, Dinjarin, Han Solo, Chiri, um, and also correct me if I'm wrong, uh, no, Lando is a little bit older. Oh no, no, listen, because I've also been thinking about this for like weeks since we first met Omega, where I was like, I'd like to see a series with all these little little kids in 19 BBY. But I also want to include, I know um Cal Kestis and like and Caleb Doom are technically older, but I also want to throw them in there. And also let's throw in like 
14 they, year old boba fett are they lando's are they lando's age like cal kestis and, and kaden cal is 12 isn't he cal is at the beginning of the game so I don't are they boba's he's 12 age. no because i think boba's like 13 14 boba. i think cal is um, like 12 maybe so yeah, let's, talk, about, let's the talk about the bad batch how do you do Cindula family um by the episode names I thought we were going to see them in the next episode because it mentioned Ryloth, but we're seeing them this time and it's clearly going to be a two-parter. And so I saw them and I was like, here we go. Here we go. Oh my God. Um, I I felt insane. The amount of like mental gymnastics I was doing. So this episode is called The Devil's Deal or A Devil's Deal. The amount of time that I spent trying to figure out who the devil was going to be I was so scared that like there were a couple characters that I was going through in my head where I was like, if it's this, if they're, I, okay. I did not really think this was going to be the case, but I did have a very short moment where I thought that Devil's Deal was going to be them teaming up with the rebellion because in the description of the episode, it was like, there's rebellion on the outer rim. And I was so scared that they were about to try to make my man, Saw Gerrera and the partisans, the devil that the Bad Batch was teaming up with. And I, I swear, Star I was so enemy. terrified I would have stopped being a Star Wars fan. Rampart is very punchable and I do find him more of an irritant than possibly any other like Imperial character. I would rather spend a wine night with Price than I would two minutes with Rampart alone in a room. I would not Arinda. 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 <laughs> um, Sorry to everyone who has not read the, heard the Mark Thompson Thrawn audiobook because Arinda Price's friend has a very fun voice. My, my minor prediction for this episode was because I didn't know we were going to Ryloth for it until it dropped, obviously, because I had assumed that the Ryloth thing would not be a two-parter, but glad it is. But I was like, oh, are they gonna like be like, are the Kaminoans gonna be like, you can give us Omega and we'll return Crosshair to you? Cause like that, cause I was looking for the deal aspect. Cause even though like the sabotage happened, I don't know how that's like a deal with the devil. Cause the Sindulas weren't like, this is a thing we're committing to. It was a thing that was done to them. Well, it seems like it's, it's, it's the same as the last episode where the Empire at this point, and even later on, they, they position coming to the planets as the same thing as like well it's a deal to help your planet um and that's how they're doing it and epic missionary moment i had had my little rant last week about politics and star wars and how they don't commit to things um i feel like this is one of the better episodes in regards to politics and star wars because it really did show that there's nuance there because i noticed that when sham and eleni were arguing about like um are we gonna do anything because Gobi was like hey guys I'm gonna go and say screw the empire and Sham's like oh they're kind of trying to help us and we're actually kind of at peace right now and I know it's not perfect but I'd rather have this kind of peace than be constantly at war and Eleni's like yeah but this is not really freedom and I could see both sides of that argument and I was like both of them are making very good logical sense and it really does introduce the nuance of the empire and of those being basically colonialized and by the empire. I think like that really does set a tone. And I think that's what the last episode was trying to set up, but it just didn't really get there. And this is what I was saying is by putting it on Ryloth and having it be a non-human planet, 
it hit home a lot harder than it did when it was like this diverse group of all aliens who were just kind of are all like aliens and people and whatever it's like that was not the core of what is wrong with the empire I would also say the interesting thing about putting it on Ryloth is that the show, I, I do like that the show expects you to have watched Clone Wars and Rebels because if you don't like Rebels, get out. But um, putting it on Ryloth, we know the history of this planet. We saw part of it. So when they're like, we want peace for Ryloth, as viewers, we already know why. Like we were literally privy to the war on this planet specifically and saw what it did. And I feel like part of what works about Star Wars is giving people context. Like if you set something on a planet we already know enough about, then the story gains some greater impact or at least some greater messaging. Whereas putting it on like random planet A we've never set foot on, there's very little context to work with as people watching it. I I, I agree. I also think that um, I, I actually like these two episodes in tandem with each other. Because the first one is supposed to be about, okay, this is the separatist homeworld. Um, let's look at it from, okay, where are the former separatists at? Um, and, and what is a planet that has a diverse population? What does that look like? And then in this one, it's like, okay, what is a planet that was literally war-torn at the front of the war um, and has a very, uh, what, what's the word? Um homogenous I can't say words there it is that's the word um population what is it like there and to see to see them together is very helpful um and also in this in this one we also know more about them um I actually like to see them side by side um and this is also I'm we'll probably talk about this throughout the episode I think this is also why it annoys me when people um pick apart this show or any show to be fair um like, like being like, oh, there's not enough character development or there's not enough of this or there's not enough of that like early on because it's uh, like when you look at it from a bird's eye view um, later on when there's like we have all the episodes or when we have a whole season or when we have something, it has a very different context and you get a very different message and in this case, a political message out of one. So, um, so that's why, that's why it was, that's why it was interesting to me how they fit together. Um, but Actually, I would have I would have liked to see maybe even any mention of the separatists. Maybe um, they did mention how they were like, well, we trust the clones. They saved our lives, um, which is a thing that Hera says in, in Rebels as well. Um, and then we get Epic Hauser moment. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I think this is something that's been really interesting to me with the Bad Batch, because this is my favorite episode that we've seen thus far of the Bad Batch. Um, because what I've liked the most about this show has been the world building. Um, you know, I, I have, a, the more I think about it, the more I have a complicated relationship with this show. Um, because at the end of the day, like, yes, I do enjoy it, but I also have like a lot of problems with it. And I haven't really talked about that a whole lot, but I do. Um, and seeing this and just getting to see this part of the world is like refreshing and I enjoyed it. And I felt like we were getting, we were just getting... Something, and this is, of course, I'm also speaking as a Hera fan, so, like, of course I'm going to have a biased opinion of being like, oh my god, any seeing any of that woman, of, of that girl, she's a child right now, um, is, like, very important and exciting. I don't know. There was something about this episode that I was like, I'm kind of happy that the Bad Patch were just a cameo. 
I I am the same way. I because well, when I was watching it, it was un- unfortunate. But never once was I was like, oh, when are the Bad Batch gonna get here? I was like, I can watch twenty four uninterrupted minutes of them not being in the episode and just enjoy it. I think that part of it is that as characters, they're they're just sort of like they're just there. And part of that is that they're not very, they're not super developed. And I, I do like them a lot in theory, but yeah, I mean, these characters felt more full of like life and backstory and like decision-making than the Bad Batches felt for like most, if not the entire show. And I do like it and I do have problems with it because epic duality moments, but altogether, I sort of am like, why didn't we just get a Rebels anthology series? because I would watch the fuck out of that and that would have these good moments. And I do wonder if part of that is my pro Hera bias where I'm like seeing her, like I have not rewatched the episode, but I imagine if I did, I might find like smaller things I didn't like about it because the entire episode, my brain was short circuiting and I was like, oh my God, it's Hera and Chopper. This is everything to me. But it was, it was weird. It's not a good sign when you watch an episode of a show and its main cast appears for under four minutes and you're like, wow, this is the best episode yet. See, I disagree with that. I actually, I, I actually think that that is the sign that the show is very strong or that the characters are very strong. I, I would see that a lot in the Clone Wars. I saw it a lot in Rebels, especially in the Clone Wars because it was longer. Um, there would be a lot of arcs or certain episodes where our main, our main cast, our main bitches were not there, um, but we learned something about them or we learned something about the world around them that then enriched our understanding of them or their story later on. Um, that then, like, if, if I, to me, it's a testament to, if it's good writing, I don't care. I think that's my thing. I'm, I'm like, if it's good writing and I'm it, but this one, this episode, I was like, this is just a good episode and I liked it. I don't care. And I, and, and a part of, and all of Star Wars does this, but the strongest things like the Clone Wars and Rebels and the Mandalorian, to be fair, do this as well of like, yes. Is it about the actual Clone War? Yes. Is it through the eyes of the clones and Ahsoka? Yes. But... That means that means that you know there's we're you know are we gonna learn an extensive amount about the Night Sisters and Mandalorian politics and random all kinds of random shit pops up and but then like Mandalorian politics is a vehicle for us learning about certain things about the Clone Wars things are like they're a vehicle for all these different things so for me it's it's actually a testament to like how strong the characters are. like for example. Hera in this case, and Ryloth in this case, is a way of showing the other side of the story that they keep telling in every episode. So they keep telling a story of the Batch goes on a mission that Sid is sending them on. And we're guessing that that the mission that they're going on that Sid is sending them on is something that has to do with the Rebellion. And this episode, um, they're like, okay, when we flip it on its head, and this happens to be characters that we know and a setting that we know, so we can really dig into that. Um, what does that look like on the other side? And then we get more depth from that other side. I think that's brilliant. And I really like that. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I think it was, I, I actually really like that. And it, and it mirrors that. And I, and I think there's been a lot of discussion of the, um, oh, what's the purpose? It's supposed to be about the, the five people of the batch or it's supposed to be about whatever. And I'm like, they've said the purpose is about giving us more about this time period. The, those five guys and Omega are a vehicle 
to find out more about this time period. So if we don't get as much of them, I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, I agree that it is a sign of a strong show that it can have episodes not about the main characters and still have it be compelling. I do think it's a little weird that a lot of people are like, this is my favorite episode and the main cast was not in it almost at all. However, I do agree with Claudia that I think much like in Clone Wars where arcs that weren't necessarily about our main characters were setting up something about them. I do believe that the next episode, which is called Rescue on Ryloth, I very firmly believe that this is going to be the episode that causes the Bad Batch to be like, hey, maybe we should be fighting for the rebellion. So I do believe like even though this episode was not about the Bad Batch, it is setting up something that is going to be extremely pivotal for the Bad Batch in the next episode. Um, I do think we're getting a crosshair confrontation. And well, I do I, think I was, that um, Hauser is going to be the one who contacts um, the Bad Batch or Sid or whoever to get them out. We got to talk about that man, but we don't have to do it right now. Well, I was going to, I was also going to say, I was like, oh, also like, we were like, oh, we don't see a lot of them, whatever. This was a crosshair episode also. Like we did actually see a lot of crosshair. Um. <laughs> I I would say, I should clarify something. I wasn't saying that like there, it's a bad show because it it's focusing off of its main characters. I think that if a show can't do that, I have a problem with it. Like I love The Mandalorian, but the fact that we never leave Din for any period of time in my memory it gets old it's and it's a good show but like it gets fucking old there are other people in the universe that I'm more interested in learning about for more than 50 seconds like that's a very true statement that said I do think it's sort of a red flag that the the episode that people seem to have liked the most so far is one that doesn't contain the main cast. That isn't a read of the show, it's a read of the writing of the characters that they don't possess, at least for me. Like, I honestly think if Hera and her family hadn't even been in this episode, if it had just been about Ryloth politics and Ryloth's personal rebellion, I still would like this episode a lot more than a large swath of the show. That said, I do think it's setting them up to like join the rebellion or like get to do that. but. I do have a criticism of that fact that we'd be on episode 12. We're pretty far into the show now. And I feel like, and I still like the show a lot. I should clarify, like this is a criticism I have of it from a literary analysis point, but I do still enjoy it. But like girly at episode 12 is a bad time for your main cast to find their motivation as characters. We've been doing this for a while now. And I would, I would have liked them to get there a little bit faster if that's what's going to happen. Well, to be fair, I think their motivation at first was Chip, and then it was Omega, and and now like right. But I, even I that shouldn't have taken them seven episodes to get to that to that confrontation into dealing with that problem. The Chip was yes. an immediate threat that they literally I think they put off for like five episodes yeah, of did. Tech being like, "I'm gonna build a scanner, bestie." That should have been your first fucking also, priority. He actually, I don't think he even used the scanner. Did he? he I think really, he did. No, he, really, he did. He did because because one, because the um ringing that goes it was on Wrecker's head. head, yeah, yeah, and he was yeah, like, he, "Get that fucking shit off me!" Wrecker. and then fucking threw him. I, oh, I will say. So he used it once, and it wasn't even like. <laughs> it broke yeah. Wrecker. Yeah, he's right that it broke Wrecker. It's not tech slander. I, I just feel bad he didn't get to use his little his pretty little contraption. I will say this: we were like, "Oh, there wasn't a lot of the bash, or whatever," and there was obviously a lot of crosshair or whatever. However. This had my favorite Omega moment in it. 
um, Omega's little Hera moment and all that. Like, that was a huge moment of characterization. We got to see Omega, like, comfortable in her own home, interacting with another little girl in Star Wars, talking about ships. Um, I was like, epic representation moment, uh, passing the Bechdel test. Um, but, like, but, like, Omega, like, they're like doing a weapons deal and she's like come on come over and play um but like it hurt like i got to learn more about omega as a person without her being like afraid or curious or all the things that we see over and over again or her interacting with adults i actually was like i was like actually i had my favorite omega moment in this episode so i i I don't know i want to say even if because you, you keep saying this is a crosshair episode, but it he wasn't even really in there as much too, more than the yeah. the rest of the batch. But he was there for like maybe a few minutes only to be like, I'm going to snipe. Here I go. <laughs> and then that's it. He didn't really say anything. To be fair, I think that also could can be, I think re- there can be a reading. I don't know if I agree with this of like, yeah, that's what well, he is being used as a weapon. That is his entire purpose now. He he has no out, outer purpose besides like you are going to go do this mission. Goodbye, slut. I don't know why I said slut. Um, no, not me slut Jimmy crosshair. Crosshair's entering his hot oh, girl no. summer. Rampart slut James crosshair. Oh no, <laughs> hot chip summer. Anyways, <laughs> hot chip sniper. I would I would agree with that, Mel, because I was thinking the same thing when because here's my thing. I don't think that Crosshair is a character at this point. He's more like a MacGuffin that the team has to deal with. Not even like he's trying to kill them, but I do think that Crosshair exists at this point only as a vehicle for other things happening around him. And that's largely due to the fact that as long as he's chipped, he doesn't have a character. Like that's that's half the point. So I don't feel like he has a function right now. Here's my, um, I don't even know if this is necessarily a criticism, um, but it is something I think important to consider um, is in episode two or three, I think it was two, um, the one where they go to Andron and Crosshair has a fun executing civilians yeah, moment. Um, in that episode, when they got back to the barracks, Crosshair sat down, put his hands on his knees and was like looking forward. And clearly he knew something was wrong. And I really thought we were going to get more like parallel stuff of the Bad Batch doing their thing. Then it cuts to Camino or to a mission of Crosshair with his new Batter Batch. Um, and him doing stuff and then having moments of cognitive dissonance where he's like hey maybe we shouldn't be these are not people that I would have shot at like six months ago and I really kind of would have liked to have seen them do that that being said depending on where they take it I might not be upset by that because there's still so much development left for crosshair not even just for crosshair to character but for crosshair like for his narrative um and I'm also not like a huge like crosshair stan I'm not Crosshair is my least favorite member during the Clone Wars arc, but at this point, I just feel bad for him. Like, he got a hole punched in his head. I really thought they were going to go to, like, the death trooperfication of him. But even now, it looks like he's pretty much healed. He just got a haircut and a fun new, like, giant gaping wound in his head that I guess they're just going to leave open. (laughs) But, yeah. There is something to be said about Crosshair and his whole deal. Um, I I think... 
I know at the beginning of the show, I was like, it's going to be one season and it's going to end with them getting Rogue One. I don't think it's going to be one season. I just don't. I think that this, it, it, there's going to be at least two just to tell this story. Um, because I thought that the, the story was pretty cut and, not cut and run, I hate that, cut and dry. Um, of like, okay, here are these five special boys. This is what is going to happen to them. And then they were like, oh, child. And like that took a very different road um and so i think to properly convey that story it is going to take more than one season especially for the development of not only them but also the world around them um because 16 episodes is it's a good amount um to tell you know one story but it that is not the story that is being told and i think as as um fans especially of star wars we are like we have like we easily get these preconceived motion notions of like okay this could happen this could happen but like that's not what the writers have decided you know and we have to make peace with that we i at least me i've gotten super like um i don't know not brainwashed but like in this mindset of like okay you have this many episodes you have to tell this story and like that is the only time you will to have to tell this story um because of things like wandavision and because of falcon and the winter soldier where i'm like okay like you have six episodes and that's not enough time to tell that story correctly so i think if they want to tell this story to and do it justice it's gonna have to be more than one season anyways and yeah i know what, I, I know what you're trying to say too about like keeping arc length in mind with the number of episodes because we've been doing that on this podcast since like i think the show was literally like announced was just like okay if we have if if this show has 10 episodes we can conceivably fill in the blanks here of what they care what they're able to do in those 10 but i also am like i have no idea what's going to happen with the rest of the show now because it doesn't seem to have a very visible trajectory story-wise like i'm like i don't know what we're doing anymore well and even with the mandalorian it was like it's they're like oh there's gonna be a season two and you're like oh well what's that gonna be well and this is this was my other question of like what we were talking about earlier, the the second part to that is this of like, we are now boxed into this thing and this is all television. This isn't just Star Wars and streaming in general where we're like, okay, this thing is going to have this many episodes. Uh, we don't know if there's going to be a season two. And for Marvel and Star Wars shows, like maybe they are just going to be a one-off and then there's going to be other things that are interconnected. Um, or there's not, and there, there's going to be different, like, we're kind of in this, this brave new world kind of thing where things are sort of like movies and then they're sort of like television. But what that, what that then becomes is we are comparing this to something like the Clone Wars, which aired on broadcast so it had a lot of episodes and so it was made for that. So they made arcs of, of things and had a lot of time and could have a lot of characters Rebels aired on broadcast. They had five characters, or how many people are in the Ghost Crew, or whatever, and they had four seasons to 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 cover all of them. So for me, for me, I mean, it's an interesting industry question. It's an interesting question there of like, um, you know, I hope that the plan is to be more seasons because if your pitch was going to be, you know, five men and a baby with only 16 episodes like I feel bad for the writers if that was the, if that was all they were gonna get and they were and they and and maybe then they were like oh man maybe we'll get a season two or something like that that's impossible like you can't expect that from anybody the other thing I was thinking as well is in the first season of Rebels and in the first season of 
a lot of the first season episodes of Clone Wars, they did not fit the arc, uh, like the arc standard that we got post like season probably like two or three of Clone Wars, like midway through season two of Clone Wars and, you know, like season two and further of Rebels. Like it's, it's hard to compare them because in its first season, each show is extremely different from what it became when it hit its peak um, or hit its stride. And I do think that that's kind of how Star Wars TV shows have been. Cause I like season one of the Mandalorian, but I really do think like season two is a good, it's, it's one of my favorite seasons, uh, one of my favorite of the two, <laughs> um, but I do prefer season two just cause I think it, it makes more sense. You have a bit more context, you know what the goal is. Um, and there's not as much having to establish the characters. So I do really think the first half of this whole season has been, here's who these characters are and here's the world they live in. And now we're actually getting to the plot over halfway through the first season. I cannot imagine that they would say, okay, you're done now. Yeah. Um, I think another, um, and I think this is a valid critique because I think there is a line, um, about this show of like every I've seen a lot of people be like oh it's just cameos and like hey that Star Wars that is the nature of the beast like what is Clone Wars but cameo after cameo and what is Rebels but cameo after cameo um so and, and even like the Mandalorian like Bo-Katan Kree's girl hello and like I understand yes it is a a big <laughs> yeah just just as um who said that that was Claudia. It's a big world with many characters, you know, gotta use them. Um, it just, it, it bothers me because I know that there is a line between like, okay, this is just like fan service and like too much, but also like sometimes it's okay to, to be a little bit campy and goofy. It is a Star War. And the fact too, sorry, this is short, but the fact too is that like if there weren't cameos, people would be upset. Because I know like watching first season of The Mandalorian, I was like, it would be really nice to have some context for like the other characters, what they're doing. And then Boba Fett shows up and Bo-Katan and Ahsoka. I'm like, okay, here's where we are at. And it's like in Rebels, that's one of the first things that kind of gives you a handhold. Like when Lando's there, it's like, okay, here's like right before, here's what everyone's doing. And say what you want about that, the Lando episodes and Lando in that show. But, you know, it gives context. And again, you know, Star Wars fans, because they will be upset if they don't get their cameos, but they will also be upset if you put in quote unquote fan service. So where's the line? I was about to say the thing about Star Wars fans that is very laughable to me is that when the Mandalorian was coming out, one of the constant like critiques I saw of it, not even critiques, like complaints, they were like, oh, all we ever see is Din. I want to see other characters. And then the Bad Batch is like, I will give you other characters to look at. And they're like, oh, we never see the Bad Batch. Like, Y'all are impossible to please. On that note, though, I do want to turn our attention to one of the non-cameo characters in this episode, uh, Captain Hauser, my friend, my man, my icon. Um, the thing I find interesting about him, and I was thinking about this when we were talking about Crosshair, he is very different from other chipped clones, and I find that fascinating. We, I believe it was Ollie who introduced the joke that he was like in the bathroom when Order 66 happened. So that is, to be fair, every time a Star Wars character is not on screen when it would make sense, like where are they? I've said this for Axe Woves in The Mandalorian in when they're having their girl boss moment. I truly do believe he went to the bathroom. Boba Fett and Din showed up and were like, hey, come help us. And they were like, okay, fine. And then 
Axe walks out of the bathroom and they're gone. I do believe like Hauser was having a, a little, you know, in the powder room. Order 66 happened as he's flushing the toilet and then he walks out and he's like, yo, what is happening? But I do think, um, here's my thing. I have two theories about him. One is that his chip is malfunctioned and that it just didn't work and he's, or, or it's failing and he's slowly starting to realize like, yo, what's going on? But my other theory, which I think is far more compelling is that he does have his chip and it does work. And he, it shows that the clones, even though they're chipped, still have a level of agency. And even though he's chipped and is following orders, he's still like, hey, this feels kind of wrong. And like Crosshair doesn't have that because his chip has been supercharged, but we have so little interaction with post-chipped clones that is not like, I have had my chip removed or I'm built different. So I think that's his purpose there. So I think I think it was you, Ollie, who might have said this last episode or the episode before, or where we've talked about how every time we see regs other than epic soup clone moment, um, might have been Noah who said it, um, they've been like helmet on, very depersonalized, you know, whether or not we're using live rounds or stun rounds on them, that kind of thing. We're, we're usually keeping an eye on that. And this is the first time that we've seen a reg other than Rex, a reg clone, um, you know, helmet off like the Clone Wars, whatever. And I was like, this is on purpose. It, you know what it is like? It's like when you play like a video game or like an old animated movie where it's like the, the book that they're pulling off of the shelf is like highlighted so you know that's the one they're going to use. Like that's, that's what it is. <laughs> like that was it. I was like, first of all, number one, they had to sit down and think about making him sexy but also like i really i really do think that that's going to be his purpose i also think you were saying like oh his chip is 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 malfunctioning um at one point in the rebels Hera says that not only like stuff about the clones but she says that like they saved her um i think he's gonna save her those moments where hauser is kind of more siding with uh cham i guess and like, you know, those moments that make us, the audience go, oh, like something's up with this, this man's chip probably because he's still like very empathetic towards what's going on on Ryloth and showing individuality compared to all the other clones who have their chips activated. And Rampart, I feel like might have also noticed because there are parts in the episode where when Hauser's speaking, where Rampart's just kind of looking at him like, hmm. And I feel like that, yeah, Rampart's on, not Rampart, fucking our, our man, Hauser, fuck Rampart, will like definitely end up helping the Batch maybe and like Hera and her family probably die. Same with um, our beautiful MILF. But I think this also will give Rampart more motivation yeah to be like yeah we don't need these clones even with their chips they're not really like working for us like look at this man he was chipped and he malfunctioned or did something that was against what we want as the empire so fuck the clones rampart entering his uh his thrawn uh tie defender is better than the death star era (laughs) kind of to what jess was saying um like i don't i don't know there's there's a lot to say about 
um, Hauser. And I feel two things. One, all of us have forgotten English collectively this episode. I feel like we've all had a moment where you're like, what the fuck am I even saying? Um, but also followed by, this is another critique of this series. I'm being very negative. Once again, this is my favorite episode of the show thus far. Don't get me wrong. I really love this episode. Um, but I think what has rubbed me the wrong way about the Bad Batch has been that they are like we're not like other clones essentially the show that is the premise of the show um and like i like the clones so i give a shit about the the regs i really prefer the regs i think that they're the idea and once again this is like a larger like metatextual and once again like george lucas being like i don't know how race works and how people as as um as viewers living here in the real world are going to perceive this but like just like some brown guys just like getting to be dudes is great for me personally um and like this idea of like oh they're not like other girls like they're built different also they're all white passing for some reason um it's like a big old mess and uh, I, that's why I think so many people like Hauser is because he's a regular guy who is nice and good and he's not acting like he's built different. He just is. <laughs> that's like part of the joy, I think, of the Clone Wars and part of the stuff that I wanted to see from the Bad Batch that I kind of knew going in we weren't going to get to see. And honestly, one of the reasons why I did not love the Bad Batch arc in Clone Wars is because we could have spent that time with Cody and Rex. Cody, who is one of the only named clones who actually gets to act in the movies gets no development in season seven of the clone wars aside from knowing that he is somehow in charge of the bad batch i mean we know he's a martial commander but like like it just is so ridiculous to me that i sorry i'm going on my i love clones rant but i agree 100 percent with mel is that the regs are the backbone the regs are what I wanted to see. And that's why I think in Rebels, one of my favorite storylines is about Rex, Wolf, and Gregor, about them coping with everything that has happened and them trying to just be normal dudes who live for themselves and have their own purpose. And that's such a powerful story. And it stinks that we view that now in this show through the lens of the Bad Batch who are built different. And the whole thing is that they're not like other girls. So like, no, I kind of wanted to see that. Like the relationship between Fives and Tup, I wanted like that, I think was one of my favorite things in Clone Wars. Absolutely. Was when was that, was that thing where Fives, the whole reason that he did that was out of a love for his brothers. And the Bad Batch doesn't have that same connection to their brothers. They don't see these clones as their brothers. They're different. They're an other. And I think that is one of the fundamental failings of Star Wars in respect to the clones is it views them as other. And it never gets to the it, point of the... Not just other, just non-human. Like they do yeah, not... exactly. Yeah. It's the dehuman. And it's the same thing with that they're doing right now with Crosshair, where it's like Crosshair is existing as a weapon. His All of his agency has been taken away. And it would have been really interesting to see an antagonistic clone who is still a clone. And it would have been cool to see Crosshair, who was the most hostile towards the regs, getting over that and being like, oh, shoot, these guys are also people and they're also suffering. And we're not getting that. I, I did not know how to articulate this for like six straight hours, but Mel just awoke something in my brain because... That's what I like about Hauser is the fact that he is a person who makes choices that are outside of like the grand influence of the greater Star Wars universe. He's just a good human being. And at the end of the day, I do think that's why 
the episodes about the clones in Clone Wars are so much more compelling to me than the episodes about the Jedi or the Sith. The clones are so fundamentally interesting and have been such an ingrained part of Star Wars. It's, I love the Night Sisters. I think they're so cool. I would have loved to get a bit more development from them. The clones are the clones. They're fundamental. I also just think that like one of the things that I deeply enjoy is whenever a clone character grapples with their place, both in their own cultural identity and with their identity as use as machines of war. That, like that's I think why I love like the when we saw cut in in the Bad Batch. That was also a really good episode because what we're seeing is someone grappling with the realities of being used as a tool of war choosing to stop being a tool of war and then how his priorities shift he literally is like i don't care who's running this i have a family i am a person and the fact that that theme is like like the if you were a better writer at everyone at lucasfilm you would see the clones as a vehicle to explore what identity means when you're part of a larger group of people who share the same function like that's so interesting to me and the clones is a vehicle to accomplish that Girly, it's already set up like that. That's literally. why Rex is so compelling because literally. he has that same exact journey. It's not necessarily as close in his identity, but just like singular personhood. But literally, so. the question of what personhood is when you're—I just—I don't remember. I don't even remember. This is like a fan work that I was reading, but that sentence of like we share the same face, but we're not the same person. That's fucking fantastic as a as a set of ideals to explore over a series. And I knew that when the Bad Batch was coming out, we weren't going to get that because it isn't about the regs. But the fact that we're 12 episodes in and, and none of them have questioned, why are we othering ourselves on purpose? You know, like they see their otherness as a positive, which I mean, I can see why, because, you know, hello, five queer people in a room. But I- That I just, should be the title of the Bad Batch. Five queer people in a room, literally. But like, I- that's so interesting to me that they would never, they have yet to explore that as characters about what the role of otherness is when they are fundamentally the same. Like so they might be altered clones, but they're the same face. They're the same so people. So I actually, and what I hope, since this is a two episode thing, we said that, oh, maybe in the second one, in the second episode, whatever, the rescue will involve, we're setting this up and the Bad Batch might come in and they might participate in a rescue or something, whatever. What I hope is that maybe Hauser might be um, might be a part of that, what you guys are all talking about for them. Like maybe they'll have a moment of reckoning with a reg who is not Rex, who's not like, oh, you know, our friend or whatever. Um, again, I might be wrong, whatever, but I think that that would be something. Again, he's... He's the highlighted book on the shelf. Like, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like I was talking earlier about like, oh, he's there for a narrative purpose. And it would make a lot of sense of like, okay, this is the episode where they're going to have to grapple with, we, okay, we are a part of the rebellion. It would make sense if they also have to grapple with, oh, uh, maybe the regs are people too. Wanted to point out because when Ollie was talking about, the Bad Batch being like, oh, we're not like, we're not like other clones, teehee, but, and how they don't really think about the regs, because they're just like, yeah, they're the regs, they're, they're the others to us, and then there's us, but like, there's Echo, who was a reg, and they could have totally had a big Echo, like, um, character development moment with Echo being the one to be more concerned about the others, <laughs> the regs, his brothers, and 
all that characterization, but we haven't gotten that, which is a real shame. And we talked about this last episode about how they could have had more Echo moments and Echo's character development, but they haven't. And that makes me really mad. I 100% agree because I feel like, honestly, I know that I, I'm pretty sure that Hunter and Omega are supposed to be our POV characters, but why the fuck isn't Echo our POV character? If anyone should have like literal years of on-screen time to grapple with what it means to be, first of all, othered by the rest of the world because he's a clone and is thus automatically a lower like citizen than everyone else in the Republic. And then to be othered from the clones to the batch, like girly, that's development. I, also, I, a different I, point, just go back to something that Ollie said a little bit ago. The idea of Crosshair choosing to side with the Empire, like regardless of his chip or not, would have also been really interesting and I feel like would have been in character for him. Like to say, actually, I, I'm gonna side with the Empire on this one and go work for them. I do feel like that almost be a more compelling character arc than him just being mega chipped and then like leaving <laughs> because at least then he has a character right now. I he does agree that with you a thousand percent. Like it would have been, it would have been interesting for him to choose to go and then all kinds of shit happened to him. Um, and then for him to choose to defect afterwards, that, that would have been what's going to happen if, if they do save him, that's a big if. All that's gonna happen is they're gonna remove the magic thing that's making him a bad person and they're never gonna question that ever again. And I'm like, no, why he's not? He's gonna die. He's I'm, dying. Yeah, I truly believe if if Crosshair does what I think he's going to do in the next episode and that involves unaliving Harris and Dula's mom, um, he's not getting a redemption arc. And not just from me, because I think us as adults who are you know good at analyzing media critically, can look at it and say, we realize that Crosshair is not entirely responsible for his actions because he is chipped. But we also can see in the narrative, you can't kill off a sympathetic character like that and then get a redemption arc. It just, generally speaking, stories aren't gonna do something that would make this character so hateable and then have it have a well you done redemption. You say that and then remember what happened in the Rise of Skywalker. I was literally thinking about that as I was saying this, but I'm saying, I'm not saying that I think that Jennifer Corbett's a better writer than yeah. Oh, I'm so, but I, Corbett, but I am I'm so that, sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, ugly ass bitch would say that. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. But I, like, I do genuinely think if he ends up being involved in the death of Harris and Dula's mom, we are not going to see a Crosshair redemption arc. I still am firm in my belief that I think the best thing we're getting for Crosshair, something happens with his chip, or maybe he finally snaps. Something happens. He comes to his own and says, I'm gonna do the right thing and then I'm gonna die, like a Vader allegory because Star Wars loves that. I would also say just, um, I I firmly believe that writers no longer know how to write a redemption arc, except, oh, for, dear the God, who, no. except for the people who wrote the old guard, stand the old guard, watch the old guard, it's great. Because part of the modern problem I feel with a lot of redemption arcs is they're constantly giving cop-outs to characters who do shitty things not of their own volition, just because they're shitty. Yeah, Claudia just put in the chat, accept callous, true. Because the, the thing that fucking irks the, the fuck out of me, especially in media that deals with high fantasy or magic of any variety, is you're gonna evil fire your character for a few episodes, have them do literal atrocitous things, and then be like, it wasn't their fault. I don't care. Technically speaking, it's not a drunk driver's fault, but they still did a really shit thing that had really shit consequences. And I think that honestly, 
like whenever a character like falls to the dark side and thus does like dark sided things I'm like cool they're still in control of their actions and they're still responsible for them and I think that like chipping crosshair and having that be the reason why he's just the absolute worst it it he is a victim of a system all of the clones are in some way but that doesn't excuse the shit things that he does and I know that if they manage to save him that's what they're gonna do I did just have a thought though because uh, Ali, you mentioned like, what if something like, what if he snaps? I would be, and this would be a little bit too good for Star Wars, but let it, let a gay dream. Um, I I do like the idea of, of him being the one responsible for Hera's mom's death, and that's what snaps him out of his chip. But then everyone else is like, cool, you still killed someone. We're not forgiving as, you for that. It's the same as Kanan with the clones in yep. Rebels because it's exactly how he feels. He's oh. like, it doesn't really matter because you killed my master. Like, it doesn't really matter what's wrong. You did it. The other thing too is we don't talk about Crosshair. They have barely talked about Crosshair in the Bad Batch who are like his his bros, his little, his squad have barely talked about him. And it, it, like they had one passing thing of Wrecker being like, yeah, I miss Crosshair and Hunter's like, yeah, I feel responsible. But they haven't had a moment where they're like, it sucks that what's happening to Crosshair is not his fault, except for Omega, who basically just met him right before they left Camino. It also makes it very hard for us as viewers, or at least for me personally, to give a shit about what happens to Crosshair because we knew him for five minutes in season seven. And then the rest of the Bad Batch, they're, they're like, damn, that sucks that one guy we knew got taken by the Empire. Like, they the fact that the main cast mentions him like as a one-off like um that doesn't really mean like oh my cat was gone for a few days that sucked like but we're not made as an audience we're not told as an audience to care about what's happening to him and that makes anything that happens to him even harder to give a shit about. you cannot manifest cat boy crosshair right now <laughs> that's my gender this week <laughs> i also want to say i agree with that we're they they really can't expect us to give a fuck about crosshair if the batch don't even give a fuck about crosshair right now like the only characterization we got from crosshair was yeah from season seven of clone wars and he was an asshole in that so why would they expect any of us to like him well i know there's people who like him but i don't like him i feel really bad for crosshair fans right now because honestly like i didn't like crosshair in season seven but from like a narrative standpoint like i liked him from a narrative standpoint. It's like the same reason people are like, oh, Pong Krell's my least favorite character. I'm like, Pong Krell is evil and deplorable. He's horrible. But as a character, he fills his role in the story. And that's what I liked about Crosshair is that he was the contrarian who was kind of a shithead. And I thought it would be nice to have this show and have a shithead the whole time when Hunter's like, we need to leave and we need to do X, Y, Z. The whole time having Crosshair be like, dude, this is not right. You're stupid, whatever and then have him leave to join the Empire halfway through. Like, that could have been Crosshair's thing, but... If Hera, if Eleni Sindula's death was on Crosshair's hands and he was still on the Batch's side right now, if that was his turning point, was like, he was like, actually, no, I do, I'm gonna side with the Empire now, that is so much more interesting and we would actually have given a shit about Crosshair. Jesus Christ, yeah. Mel, I hope you never write a TV show. You're fucking brutal. Yeah. But it's true. <laughs> but I mean, it's they're right. True. I, to I love that I totally forgot what the fuck I was going to talk about now because I was like, Mel, you're so right, Bestie. And then my brain just cleared itself out. We're like out. hating on Crosshair for a solid 20 minutes. It's not Sorry. even hate on I Crosshair. Just, yeah. Oh, it's it's hate on his writing. And I guess yes. the, the thing that irks me by far the most about it is that he isn't a character. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Okay, 
I have a bone to pick with Avatar The Last Airbender because they wrote a good redemption arc and nobody who watched that show knows why it was a good redemption arc because not every character can get a Zuko arc. The problem that I have with, with this entire idea of like the redemption arc and Star Wars never does this properly, just FYI, because they don't know what it means. Except for Callus. I have a contrarian no, opinion. I still don't think it's good. I love Callus. Okay, I, I would good. say I would say that it is a better redemption arc than the rest of Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. But that, bar, yeah. that bar is in hell. It's him so, and Anakin. Think, like, and that's the on the redemption. With, yeah, because the thing with Callus too is I think he does do a certain level of atonement and actual like um redemption. Um, because he does flip, but there's not quite enough development there. Like I there also, definitely could I, have been another episode think... about him dealing with that and actually saying, like, hey, sorry that I committed a, that I perpetrated a genocide bestie i also think if rebels if rebels had been longer and i'm sure it was meant to be longer because there was a lot of production stuff with rebels and it was like being aired and being finished like while they were doing all the sequels and and shit like that i think um there was probably a lot more planned for him because his arc was slow um i would be interested to know what the original plan was for him because i feel like if the show was longer we would have gotten more is that we have to consider what a character does in the narrative and how that affects other people, not necessarily who is responsible for it because spoilers for Avatar. But if you're looking at The Last Airbender, Azula does not deserve a redemption arc. She just doesn't. She's a vindictive, cruel villain who legitimately is responsible for like thousands of deaths and is a bad person. You can't redeem her. Yes, Uncle Iroh is also a war criminal. Well, but that's not, this is not an Avatar podcast. My point is, that a lot of people are like, oh, it matters who's responsible for what's going on. Technically speaking, Fire Lord Ozai is the one responsible for for Azula's shit actions. She's still a bad person for committing them and still bears responsibility for what happens. Zuko, on the other hand, is not like that. His crimes are considerably less than that. And he's responsible for less and he does less. And ultimately that's set up for redemption arc. If, I mean, Crosshair's already committed a war crime. But if Crosshair kills Hera's mom, whose name I cannot remember to save my life. Eleni. Eleni, my MILF mom, I love you. Um, But if he kills her, if he is responsible for that, one, I will not forgive him, just to be clear. This is, I will will not. But two, narratively, it'd be very weird for the show to vindicate him of that crime. And like, I, do we forgive all of the clones individually for murdering the Jedi? That's complicated. But the large answer is eh, not always like I kind of get Kanan for being like I don't really care and Cal Kestis is the exact same way like he literally is like look I don't really care what their motivation was they killed my master and they killed my friends and that if they make Crosshair kill Alani um I I don't think you can give him a redemption arc I just don't think that's possible I, I think it's a complicated thing also um and this has to do with like a larger like restorative justice perspective of like it is intrapersonal it no it is not going to be all of us forgiving someone fuck no the thing that with callus i can find in my heart like some something interesting is him and zeb's specific relationship and i'm not talking about like oh kiss kiss like type of relationship i'm talking like the the way in which they interact with one another and talk to each other i see a road to forgiveness with with zeb and callus and that is why i because zeb is a character that we root for actively i'm like okay yeah sure callus um and i i think that's also another thing with zuko is because we have the gang and they are our pov characters we are going to be like yeah actually zuko 
go you go girl um but it's going to be difficult for crosshair because he doesn't have that um and frankly shouldn't have that we have to consider that forgiveness and redemption are like mel said individual constructs not really societal ones even if the entire fucking universe in the world where Crosshair kills Hera's mom, even if the entire fucking universe is like, Crosshair, that was an a-okay thing to do. It doesn't fucking matter because it's really about Hera. It's not about everybody else. And if they try to give him a redemption arc out of something that shitty, it would be really weird because no one else is hurt by that fact. <laughs> Eleni Sindula and I honestly, Hauser have the opposite of plot armor like they are like yeah. almost guaranteed to die and i just they think have that a is plot a lot target on their back yeah plot target hey y'all mel here um i'm just popping in to say that claudia's um wi-fi cut out halfway through recording and so she is not here for the second half of the episode uh, so we're going to pop back in, talk about our final thoughts for The Bad Batch, um, and then get into um, Criff, Naboo, Honeymoon, Decapitate, and Name That Ship. So, final thoughts on the episode, everyone, before I do my Cody watch. Also, RRP, Claudia's Force Ghost. I feel like, and I just find this funny, that we spent the entire episode arguing about what we didn't like about the show as a result of, a, of this being our favorite like we were like this is a favorite episode now about the problems with the bad patch that were illuminated by watching this but i liked it uh i love hauser and i i can't i have i will die for him and i will kill for him if it comes to that um he's very sexy to me and i love him very much also um alani sandula if you have if you're free on thursday night i might be gay but I am also free on Thursday night, just like letting you know, putting it out there. I really liked this episode. I will say contrary to what I think a lot of people have said, it's not really my favorite episode. I think it may be one of the best written ones. I am very much of the mind that like I get attached to characters. So I am like, I want to see my special boys and I love Hera to death and I was so excited to see her but I was also like what's going on with my special boys in the Bad Batch the whole time. That being said, Eleni Sindula is everything to me. Like honestly half of the episode I was like I don't even know what's going on because I'm looking at her. I had to like rewatch it and go back and rewatch scenes with her in it because I was so distracted because I was staring at her. Like she is literally changed my life I really do feel like I'm not the same person I was before um truly she is making me reevaluate just things in general and like I was saying after this episode ended I was talking to Mel and I was like I don't really even have anything to say because it was just it was concise it was to the point everything was clear there's stuff in general about the show that I think I'm realizing which like we talked about um but I really liked this episode I thought it was I thought it was one of the best written episodes. And Eleni Sindula, um, if you're hanging out with Noah on Thursday, I can make time any other day of the week. Um, I will quit my job if you ask me to. Um, yeah, I this was my favorite episode of The Bad Batch. And I think because of the reasons I outlined in the in the clusterfuck that was the rest of this episode, um, I, I've kind of talked about that. Um, I would watch an entire show about the politics of Ryloth and the Sindulas and their role to play in the um, coming rebellion. Um, 
yeah, I love this fucking episode. Eleni Sindula, girl, I will kill for you. I know you have the opposite of plot armor, but I will take I will take that bullet for you. Yeah, I also really like this episode, but like Ollie said, this isn't my favorite episode. It's definitely up there for me, and I do think it was a really well-written episode, too, but um, I still think episode nine is my favorite episode. I'm glad we saw um, baby Hera and her cute little French accent was back. I wish we got more Chopper. He was there, but he didn't do much, but cool Chopper Hera cameo. Seeing all these like new hot characters, Eleni and Hauser, and seeing beloved Hera and Chopper was almost enough to ease the pain of Cody not being there. And there's your Cody watch. The way that Cody watch was like two seconds long this week makes me feel depressed. So it is time for a fun little segment we like to call Criff Nabu Honeymoon Decapitate, which is basically fuck, marry, kill, but Star Wars edition. I have brought you horrible women. We have Aura Singh, Governor Price, and Captain Phasma. I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> Not no, again. I... What's with you and Aura Singh? What's because with I, you and fucking I hate her damn ponytail. I don't understand how it works. And I like to torture you. I'm all. ready to shoot from the hip. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. <laughs> Go for it, Jess. Ariana Grande are the same person. Not Ariana Grande. Like, yeah, we all know they're all horrible. But I, I do think I am going to marry Price just because she's governor of Lothal and I want to go hang out in Lothal, get some Lothcats. You, <laughs> you know, again, just yes, every yeah, time just you choose I someone know. to marry, it's because they have something you want. Yeah, and I, I want the government, <laughs> the governorship of Lothal. I'm stealing it from Price. And then Thrawn will show up eventually on the fall. That's that's fun. Azadi okay. Ryder wants what you have. <laughs> and then um Ryder Azadi, I'm so sorry, I'm a fake fan. <laughs> oh, I am fucking Phasma because I do think Gwendolyn Christie is hot. So yeah, we criff Phasma and I am <laughs> decapitating Aura Singh because fuck Aura Singh. I hate her and her weird little antenna. I have the exact same answer. The only different reason is one, the idea of saying, Arinda every day of my life is so entertaining that I'm like, it's worth it. But also the idea of Aura Singh in any situation other than dead is so upsetting to me. <laughs> I'm like, I need to do this. Also like, the only reason I wouldn't marry Phasma is that I don't want to be that close in proximity to Kylo Ren at any point in my life. <laughs> yeah, same, honestly. I to see him on a daily basis. Okay, so here's the problem I'm running into. I don't want to be married or really fuck a fascist at all, and two of those are. So I think I am going to have to marry Aura Singh as much as I don't want to. I just cannot foresee myself living a life where I can stay alive and be married to either of those other women. Um, But here is the problem. This is so vulgar. Um, (laughs) The idea of topping... (laughs) The idea of topping Phasma is so funny to me. So I guess I will fuck Phasma and kill Price. Anyways... We, you all learned something about me today. I'm so sorry. For very similar reasons, um, I will have to marry Price because I do think I could change her. Um, 
I just think she needed a friend. Cause I'm sorry. Can we fucking unpack that for a I'm second? sorry, Ollie. <laughs> she had a friend and then she, she sent two friends. She had two friends and she sent them to fucking the prison. Dogs. Spoilers Fuck for off. Ron. Um, I'm sorry. She did have friends, but they did not clue her in. They were basically all like, okay, we're going to go do our fun little thing. Arinda, screw off. Oh, I'm, I'm Okay, honestly. Arinda. I'm kidding because Arinda is objectively not a good person. But I do think I could change her. Um, I here's the thing, I'm actually quite scared. Gwendolyn Christie, beautiful. Captain Phasma scares the living yeah. shit out of me, so I would have to kill her. But once um, again, topping her is very funny. That is true. But the thing is, is that I'm also a Finn stan, and what she, I cannot, she does not deserve me. Um, which does mean I am unfortunately going to be criffing Aura Singh. Which, to be fair, I do love a mean woman concept of Captain Phasma doing anything other than being a military fascist is so incredibly funny to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. like she walks in the room and is like trying to seductively strip off her chromium armor. <laughs> like, girl. Goofy as fuck. Um, speaking of women who are intimidating, I would like to go next for Criff, Nebu, Honeymoon, uh, Decapitate. Um, but mine's a little bit of a treat. It is Bad Batch MILFs. Um, so Eleni Sindula. Fennec Shand. I know she's not a MILF right now, but in general. Um, and then Depa Balaba. I have an answer already. I, I am prepared for this. Okay, so uh, for right, right off the bat, I am marrying Fennec Shand because I love the idea of having a life of adventure out in space with her. I just feel like we'd have a really, really good time. Um, unfortunately, that leaves me with a very difficult... I feel like I'm on The Bachelor right now. I'm like, I have a very difficult decision to make. Um, it was Eleni, and who was the other one? Depa Balaba. Depa ba- okay. I am going to kill Depa Balaba. I am actually the clone trooper in Order 66. Um, <laughs> Noah entering his Captain Grey era. No, okay. I can't with you. One, one, I feel really, really weird about fucking Kanan's, like, basically mom. And I know you're like, well, wait a minute. Eleni is Hera's mom, but it's different. It's not the same. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm going to do that. I'm going to kill Depa, and then I'm going to, I'm going to criff Eleni Sandula, and I'm going to marry Fennec Shand, and we're going to have a, a life of bounty hunter adventures together. I would like to go next, and my answers are, um, I also would like to go on adventures, but I feel like um, Fennec's kind of adventures are way more dangerous, because yeah, she is like, a bounty hunter assassin so i feel like hanging out with her could also put my life in danger so i'm actually gonna marry depa balaba because she's a jedi and she'd go on cool jedi missions and that could also put me in danger but then she's doing <laughs> cool jedi things at least and i do think depa balaba is really hot um sorry kanan i'm <laughs> i'm your other pseudo parent now <laughs> Um, but then that, yeah, puts me in the hard position of who am I, who am I criffing and who am I decapitating between Fennec and Eleni Sindula, okay? That's gonna enter I, the crosshair era and kill Eleni Sindula. I, yeah, I'm sorry, call me crosshair. I am actually, <laughs> I'm actually the Imperial who uh, kills Eleni Sindula and sparks... <laughs> Cham and Hera's rebel fire in their souls. Um, the contrarian. And yeah, I am 
Criffing Fennec Shand. I'm, I'm sorry, Eleni. You are a hot, beautiful MILF, and I did ask to hang out with you sometime this week. But I also know the least about you. When you said hang out, what you meant is murder. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant to say that. You've put me in a horrible position, Mel. Um, and I think that you knew that when you did this. Because here's the thing. I think that Eleni Sindula has awakened something in me. So I think I am going to marry her. Like that, I love Fennec Shand so much. This is so hard to pick, but I think Eleni Sindula just, she has the works, her life is together. She has a beautiful child who I already love. I'd be happy to help raise Hera. If this means I have to enter her in Sham's polycule, so be it if I get to be with her, that's fine. I don't care, he can hang out, I guess. But here's the thing. I, Depa Balaba, I think maybe one of the most beautiful characters in like the Clone Wars style, except for Shakti, who's my ride or die. So I think, but I can't, I don't want Fennec Shan to die because Fennec Shan of these women is the only one who we know is still alive. So I think I am going to Nabu Honeymoon with Eleni. I will criff Fennec Shand and unfortunately I am also entering my Captain Grey era and Order 66 <laughs> decapitating Depa Balaba. I'm so sorry, Queen. I Never. hate to be that Deserve person. Better. I Here's... say as someone who also chose to, to kill her. Here's the problem. So I boxed myself into a corner. I have a TikTok specifically where I do a list. Well, not Eleni because we only met her t- literally yesterday. But I, my, the, my biggest crushes in media currently are Fennec Shand and Depa Balaba. So here's the problem. Um, I'm going to marry Eleni Sindula. I will enter the polycule. I will become Hera's third parent, fourth parent, whatever. Um, uh, I love Fennec Shand. I really do. I truly absolutely love Fennec Shand. Um, but here's the thing. Depa, girl, you're so hot. You're so sexy. Um, I'm gonna fuck Depa Balaba. I'm gonna let Depa <gasps> enter her rail of Everos era. Um, and I'm gonna kill Fennec Shand. I think oh that is God. one of the biggest plot twists. All of our just all of our jaws just dropped. All of us were like flipping out as Mel was starting their no. their spiel about how much they love Fennec. We were all like, oh my God. Because that's the one reliable trait about Mel. <laughs> no matter how much, like everything I learned about Mel, I'm like, okay, this all lines up with someone who is in love with Fennec Shand. Yep. I, like this um, is this is making me feel crazy. I for, I'm for like, Depa? I feel like I have to reevaluate everything I know <laughs> yeah. about you. Cancel me. Cancel me. I know. Hashtag Mella's over party. Mella's over party. Finally, oh I've been waiting. All right. Um, <laughs> Jesus. I I have one. Uh, we were we're moving from a, a place of great joy with Star Wars milfs to Star Wars problems. So um, my my three characters that I would like for you to choose from, and remind, I like to remind you before I list these that you do have to choose. Um, you can't kill yourself, it's not an option. Are Ben Solo, Bo-Katan, and Pong Krell. <laughs> I like- okay, I already have my answer. <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'm marrying Bo-Katan. Um, I don't care that she's done bad things, she's sexy. Um, 
now here's the thing a lot of y'all are gonna be mad at me for this and here's here's how here's so here's the thing I don't know if I've (laughs) Ben Solo gives me issues because I'm like if you're gonna develop one character in your trilogy at least make their development good and they didn't so I'm so sorry to sequels fans this is not against the sequels I love all of the protagonists Ben Solo and I have beef um I am going to have to kill Ben Solo just because I just hate him. Ponkrell is useful to his narrative. And here's the thing. I think that if I was there, so this is before he's dead. If I was there in his house or whatever, I could find proof that he's a Okay, yeah, also follow by, followed by you're not going to do necrophilia to fucking Ponkrell. Of course, this is no, before that's, he's dead. No, that's what I'm saying. This is pre Ponkrell being put down. So knowing what I know now, after we, after we crypt, I can, as I'm leaving his house, I can like look for and find something. Wait, 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 wait. You're, you're I'm gonna say, what I'm saying is, like, I'm gonna I, save I, Waxer. I, you're but fully I, gonna go there and be like, I know that you're a war criminal, but. No, like, it's not because I want to. It's because, I, it's because, as I said, I think that if, again, similar to Price, I think I could change him. You wanna fuck the frog Jedi? What? Oh, you, you I'm sentencing. I'm sentencing you to death by price bust. You know what? I say it is kind of funny that, you know. It's my mind. I don't know what it says about me that I would literally rather Pongrel than Ben Solo. But I think, again, there's something deeply wrong with me. Ollie, death by price bust. <laughs> also, if you don't know what the price bust is, check our Twitter. We have I, pictures of it. I guess I'll go. I'm thinking about this now but i am also marrying bo-katan craze because yeah she's objectively <laughs> the one i hate the least like her character is uh, but she is also hot and she is yeah she's hot <laughs> so i'm marrying bo-katan um hi corky i'm <laughs> your other new aunt uncle this is a very polycule your, heavy episode for some reason. Your ankle. Your ankle. <laughs> um, we can be in a polycule, me, Bo-Katan, and um, Tosca Reeves. Um, Axe is also there, but he's just forgotten. Yeah, Axe is just there because he's our bestie. He's not in the polycule. <laughs> now this is hard because, yeah, I do hate Ben Solo. Sorry to all you um, Ben Solo stands. Not like, because I like the sequels, so. But uh, I do hate Ben Solo. But I also hate Poncrell, and he is a scary frogman. <laughs> if it's only like one time, right? So I never have to see them again. Like, depending on. <laughs> uh... <laughs> this is so hard. I because I, I wish like I... frog. <laughs> Here's the thing: you can use but my. I also test. think. Like, I think I, Ben Solo is ugly too. Like, no offense, Adam Driver. It's his personality. Like his person, his mm. vibes are rancid. But I will say, I give you permission to use my reasoning that like- if you if you fuck Pong, if you sorry, if you criff Pong Krell, in that process, you will save Waxer because he will reevaluate. Because I know that no one ever talks to that man. You show him one bit of sensitivity, and he'd be like, maybe I'm in the wrong. I would actually like to propose that because you have a one night stand with Pong Krell and never open his messages ever again, he gets depressed and that's why he does the fucking shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, not fucking Jess ghosting Ponkrell. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but I have decided that I uh, uh I, I grip Ponkrell and kill Ben Solo. Well, here I am to be the contrarian. I'm killing Ponkrell, marrying Bo-Katan, and then pegging Ben Solo because that's also so funny. I keep winning. Who says I'm not pegging Ponkrell? <laughs> That should be the episode title. I don't give a shit about the bad bad. Oh my god. I peg him with the lightsaber and (laughs) kill him. If we're done having a collective breakdown, I have my answer to this that I've had since I wrote these characters down. I might be gay, but I am going to marry Bo-Katan. She is scary and she is a war criminal, but like I fuck with Mandalore and I'm going to pull a Jess and say that she's my way into Mandalorian high society and I'm okay with that. Um, I will not (laughs) be griffing Ponkrell. I don't think Adam Driver is attractive and I hate Kyle Ron with a passion, but I am going to fuck him for one night and then never speak to him again because the idea of having to deal that's with- why he, That's why he fucking betrays the dude. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, my biggest reasoning for why I wouldn't fuck him is that one scene in The Last Jedi where he's up in the ship and they're shooting Wiggity just goes like, more, more. Like, that's so upsetting as the line of dialogue. I, I hate fuck Kylo Ren to save the galaxy. And I, the, the idea of, <laughs> of griffing Ponkrell, that frog-faced motherfucker, I can't. Okay, wait, Ponkrell is kind of like DJ Khaled in the sense that I do not think he he pleasures his partner. Anyway, Oh, 100. Oh, yeah, 100. I'm so sorry. This is so unacceptable. You won't do it. This is our worst off. episode yet. Our hot take this episode is that Batman and Ponkrell are the same character because they don't eat pussy. <laughs> If, you know. I'm losing my mind. Okay, anyway, I can't fuck Pong Girl. I can't abide by it. So I'm going to kill him. And I'm going to criff Ben Solo and worm my way into Corky's life via the Bo-Katan pipeline. Mic drop. Welcome to the Camino cloning facility. Don't worry. It's not any of the Kaminoans. But your options today are... The man who provided the juice himself, Django Fett, Captain Rex, and Commander Cody. I know that earlier I said that my I, my desire for the clones is just my, my long con to fuck Django Fett. And that is still true because I'm going to criff Django Fett and I'm going to marry Captain Rex because I think he's very beautiful. Um, I'm not comfortable doing either with Cody because I wouldn't want to join the polycule that he's in with Obi-Wan and, and the, I don't want to do that. And I always just feel bad because like if I criff Cody, I have to look at Obi-Wan and be like, hey, and I don't want to do that to him. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, murder Cody out of my love for Obi-Wan and my love for Cody one. And I'm going to criff Django because he's Django and I'm going to marry Captain Rex because he's everything to me. I'm done. I have a very similar answer, um, but in my case, I am going to marry Captain Rex because he's Captain Rex. Um, I am going to Criff Cody because I just, I, I couldn't kill that man. Um, I mean, I could, I did a couple weeks ago when we did this game, but in this situation, I can't kill him. Um, I can't decapitate him. However, who I can decapitate is Django for the second time because he has been decapitated before, but I think can't with you with my thing with Django is that while he is very handsome and I do like him a lot, it's a similar reasoning to Depa Balaba, wherein that he is already dead and I have accepted his death. 
It is not that I'm going to have to go through the stages of grief that I know I'm inevitably going to have to go through with Cody. <laughs> I'm just not ready for that. All right. And with that, I will say, um, call me Mace Windu because I'm decapitating Django Fett. Um, <laughs> I'm now entering their Mace Windu era. <laughs> No, because I want to fuck up a blaba. No, actually, I re- retract that. Um, but uh, I will fuck Commander Cody um, and marry Rex because Rex is my compat. He is my compat. So here's here's mine. Y'all already know that uh, with my Cody watch that I am um, a big friend of Cody. Um, <laughs> uh, but I also do very much love Django Fett and Boba Fett. The Fetts have my whole ass heart. But um, I do think that I, unlike Noah, do want to enter the polycule with Commander Cody and Obi-Wan, and I guess Satine too. Satine, you can come along as well. And I am marrying Commander Cody. I don't even know how to make a name for <laughs> collective polycule ship that is just Obi-Wan, Satine, and, Co- and Cody. Do we need to put a new square on our bingo sheet for polycule mention? Because I feel like... <laughs> I feel like we should. But, um, and that just leaves, you know, between Django and, and Rex for who am I criffing and who am I decapitating. And unfortunately... <laughs> I am changing canon. Django is not getting decapitated. <gasps> I am criffing. Yeah, I'm criffing Django. Sorry, Boba, I fucked your dad. Um, and I am decapitating Rex. I'm so sorry, Rex. In I do love you. Him. Yeah, in front of two of him. All three of you have him. Three three have him. All three of you have Rex earrings. Yeah, this is. You've said this to two people whose canonical favorite characters of Star Wars is Rex. Because yeah, well, both of us yeah. have said on multiple occasions Rex is the the boy. The I'm boy. sorry. I will, I will add to that list because he is uh, in my top three of like my favorite Star Wars characters ever. I, just, I love Rex. I do. I do. Not but enough I, apparently. Not enough to spare his life. <laughs> I just, I don't want to kill Django. I can't do that to Boba again. Bestie. Well, like in this universe, is, in this, in this world. giving Django a second chance at life. <laughs> yeah. In this world, Django doesn't die. We, we crip. I convinced Django to like not get involved with like <laughs> the Geonosis shit going on so he does not go to the geonosis and get decapitated by mace windu he just goes off with boba and they're happy i like and this i'm sorry rex fix, like final fan not final fantasy final destination thing where it's like well Django got to live so and um Django should have died so I here's guess my reasoning for rex. why in this universe why i decapitate rex it's because ahsoka is not able to get rex's chip out and he is still chipped and gonna kill ahsoka so to save ahsoka i don't think this is how the game works i like that you have the scenario in which you will kill rex that's very funny we are now um going to do name that ship which is a um a segment wherein um one of us has brought a fan fiction um either with a cursed ship or just a, a fic that has um tags that tell a story and we read the tags to our other co-hosts and they have to guess the ship they have to name that ship 
Um, so this week I have brought a fic. Um, once again, I don't think this ship is cursed per se, but the concept of it is maybe one of the funnier things I've heard. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. So the, the fic is called Surfacing. Um, I'm going to name some of the characters who are not in the ship, but in the fic. Bodie Rook, um, General Draven, Makith, Mac- Makith, Tua, um, Rogue Macklemore? One, not Macklemore, <laughs> um, Rogue One Ensemble. Oh, this is, yeah, you'll see. Additional tags. Alternate Universe, Everyone Lives, Nobody Dies, Alpha Beta Omega Dynamics, <laughs> Alpha Omega, Healing on Yavin, Alpha, this character, Omega, this character, Discussion of Wounds, Scenting, Erotic Dream, Omega Bodhi, <laughs> Fem Slash, ABO Fem Slash, ABO World Building. Um, so I was just thinking the other day, I was like, it's been a while since we've had some ABO. So here's my thing. Is Jin Urso involved in this ship? Yes, she is. Um, is is Cassian? It's a woman. It's a woman. It's oh, a wait. Oh. Is it Ahsoka? Mm. No. Thank God. Are they from Rogue One? Yeah. This person is in Rogue One. Is it Mon Mothma? No. No. Oh, thank God. Um, so, okay, wait. Is it Leia? Women? It's Leia. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, uh, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, but yeah, here's the question. Who is the Alpha and the Omega? I would like you to... I, would like I you guess to Alpha is Leia and the yeah. Omega is Yeah, you one-shotted me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... That's actually that's powerful. It's if so it was powerful. not ABO. Like a yeah, like, 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 sh- takes me out I'm of it. Sh- yeah, you kind of love like, the, the, the ABO doesn't. Power. The ABO doesn't bother me, honestly. Yeah, it's fine, but it was just the fact that like I was like looking through what Rogue One fix, and I found that, and I was like, okay, first of all, period, like that's powerful powerful and then the fact that it was on top of that an abo fic was like <laughs> you, it's so rare to hear about femme slash abo <laughs> yeah it was like it's kind of thing to me if i had to pick a favorite tag i'd say erotic dream mm, was the funniest thing i think maybe omega Bodhi is also very good that's very powerful <laughs> i like that it's just thrown in just just yeah. so you know world building <laughs> um i also have um a fic and I do want you guys to know that this is crack, but I think it's very funny. Um, so, cause usually we tend not to do cracks. It's so easy to find crack of weird stuff, but this one took me out. Um, and again, this is no shame to the authors and no shame to anybody. It's just for funsies. Yeah. So this one is called Nighttime Discussions. That is raining teen and up. It is, there's no other characters other than these two. Crack. God help us all, but there is no God. We are the reason God has abandoned us, and I don't blame him. Rare pair, <laughs> we're going to hell. I regret nothing, but apologize to those scrolling the fandom works. Men loving men, <laughs> interspecies relationship, sharing a bed, no smut, one shot, and then a very funny ship name that is of these two characters. Um, okay, yeah, I think I've seen this, so I'm not going to guess. What... Which, would you guys like to hear the summary? I would. I did not write this. Someone else in the new Star Wars canon Discord did, but didn't want to post it, so I did for them. Enjoy the crack. Uh, no, but seriously, this will make you feel like you just came off a very interesting acid trip. So I was going to say Zeb first and foremost, but it I is don't not... think it's Zeb. No, it is, is not it Zeb. Saga? No, 
what era are they are the characters from the same era of, of star wars history yeah i would say so which era is that um so that kind of depends um i think they are probably the most prominent um is yoda probably, involved yeah yoda's not involved it is, is probably Yaddle between like the clone wars clone wars to um uh return of the jedi okay yeah is anakin involved slash vader anakin is not involved no so it's not Callus, or not it's not Zeb, and mm-hmm. it's not uh, Chewbacca. Is one of the characters a Kaminoan? No. God, this is but hard. both of them are not human. Oh, both of them. Oh, are not okay, human. okay. This okay. changes things. Is Nineveh in this? Is both of Ewok? Not neither of those. Um, I will give you a hint: is that these characters both appear in um. One of them is exclusively in TV. Okay. And one of them is in TV and the movies. Oh, shit. So it's not Thrawn. It is not Thrawn. I wish it was Melch. <laughs> I also wish it was Melch. Oh. Um, but you're going in the right direction. Hondo. It is. What is Hondo? Okay. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> Jess, is this the one you thought you saw? Yes. Now that you said Hondo, I was like, <laughs> okay, wait, it, it's a gay ship, right? Like, it's two men. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. other man is non-human. He is also not human. Greedo? It is not Greedo. I wish it was. <laughs> is the character force sensitive? <laughs> not to my knowledge. Oh, God. I will say, okay, let me add this. Admiral Akbar? I will add this. It's not Hondo slash Admiral Akbar. <laughs> it is not. I will add this. Hondo is not what makes this relationship weird. He is by far the most normal one Bendu? in this. <laughs> not the Bendu. Is it the Bogan? I feel like the Bendu is probably closer-ish. Not to slander the Bendu, but okay. I, I what? Okay. Do you guys want a hint? I would like. I would love one. They're yeah. Dis- this is disgusting. This character is nasty. Java. It is Java slash Hondo. <laughs> Not Hondo. <laughs> that is what. Okay. That is the last tag. Is Jabdo. Yeah. <laughs> when you were um, reading the tags, and then just the confirmation that it was Hondo, like. <laughs> The fucking Winter Soldier trigger where it was like, oh no. Um, <laughs> I know this was crack, but what the fuck? Also, I do just want to like let give you guys a quick summary of it. Basically, this is like, I'll read you guys the first line. Things had not gone how he expected. Hondo thought as he rested his head against his partner's soft, supple, and slightly slimy uh-huh. body. Uh-huh. It had been for oh, money no. initially. He sleeps with Jabba like to like get close to him and then catch his feelings thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of rupelp's pod race episodes usually drop on sundays for updates star wars news and more cursed shit follow us on social media at rupelp's pod race on twitter instagram and tiktok um if you enjoy our show consider leaving us a review on apple podcasts and thank you to avatar annabeth and cc2224 smiley face for leaving reviews it really helps us a lot and we always appreciate reading them truly they in my opinion make this show worth doing um but it does help us a lot we will see you next week for another episode may the force be with you and don't criff it up waka 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 <laughs> not to he not to he not to he